0: The following podcast is an Embassy Row production.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. I'm Darren Carp. And I'm Liz Cully, and what a year. What a year. <laughs> well, first off, you're coming on the Zoom with a bang, Liz Cully. You're coming in, you're coming in boiling hot right now. I thought my hot. life was stressful you know, pandemic, middle of a move I've talked about for literally two months. But you have, you are heated. You're fired up more than I've ever been. What's going on?
2: I'm going to lose my mind. What's happening? So I live in a classic Spanish fourplex. There's like two units on the top, two units on the bottom. And because of COVID, a lot of people have moved. So our old next door neighbors moved out and it's been empty, which has been fantastic. Lots of the listeners know I have a relatively new puppy named Ravioli. She is definitely a ball of anxiety and an interesting dog. But like most dogs, when they hear something banging around out in front of your door, they bark.
1: They get curious.
2: Yes. These boys actually live across the street. And so they're moving legitimately across the street into this apartment. And they're moving like a fucking stapler in at a time. And it is death by a thousand fucking paper cuts. And I am losing my
1: mind. It's so funny because I've had like a month to move out of my apartment. Right. And I was like, great, because I'm, I'm live by myself. I'm one person. Nadine's had to work and like, I'm handling a lot of it by myself. And I was like, this gives me time. I, you know, between the jobs and the podcast or whatever, I was like, this gives me a little time. And then one of my friends was like, don't do it though in like 20 trips. She's like, it's going to feel like it takes forever. And it's fucking annoying just doing like one box at a time. And I was like, I don't know. There's something nice about that. But now I I hate (laughs) you.
2: There's also like a screaming child outside. Like we're, I think 2020 has just shown how um, not flexible I am. I am not a flexible person. I want everyone to shut the fuck up. God, this needs child you. needs to be quiet. These guys, they're very nice. I baked them Christmas cookies yesterday because, you know, when you like are so angry about something and you just have to kind of kill it with kindness. I was like, totally. I'm just going to give these. I'm just going to spend the day in the kitchen and make these guys cookies. And I'm just going to pray to God that they move in and they're move. I mean, I kid you not. It's like the other day he's walking in an Ikea vase. I'm like an Ikea vase. Are these guys yeah. young or
1: are they old?
2: Who knows? They're gay. And everybody has masks oh, well, on, so I don't you know, know
1: how... Then, who cares about gay men, right? I mean, who <laughs> cares about their age? Who cares? We well, might well just like, kill them already, Exactly. You know? But you, you know, like, them.
2: with a mask on, too, like, they could be... Twenty-three, or they could be forty-seven. My
1: point is, like, if they are younger, like where they look, like they can carry a box are or they, two, yeah. right? Then, like, there's no excuse if they were they're like gay two men older, in men, West I, Hollywood.
2: They're on a diet. That's what I.
1: Who the fuck knows what's going on over in West Hollywood? But yeah, I mean, I um, agree with that. I agree with that. Anyway, can I actually praise you for a second? Because yesterday yeah. in the mail. In the middle of me hating everyone in middle of life, or indeed calmly and casually puts up with me, I get a letter. Now, if anyone was following a few weeks ago, Liz says she sent me something in the mail. And I kindly asked if it was weed. And you said, maybe, right? So that already is going to get my head spinning. I'm like, I'm like what kind of maybe weed is? could this be? girl, send me. Now, first off, it's illegal to send weed. So I didn't think she was going to send it. It was more of a joke back and forth between us. Didn't, I mean, like not a big deal. So I opened and I was like, what could this be? I was like, I I couldn't even guess. And let me tell you, Liz is just one of the finer human beings in life. She's very, very sweet. To me, you do things with, with purpose and you do things with integrity, like making cookies for your neighbor says a lot about you. I fucking would not. I would like write a passive aggressive note on their door being like, do you want to move a little bit faster? Like I'm that (laughs) East coast person. Maybe the West coast are just better people. It's fine. If the audience thinks that I'm a terrible person, I understand that. But you got me. It's really, really sweet, thin, like almost a thin string, stronger than a string, but it's like a string basically with a little, like quarter inch pair of scissors attached to it There's this little charm. And it's essentially one of those like good luck type of bracelets. Or ne- You basically wear it and then yeah, when it, until it falls breaks off. and right. that's
2: with the good luck, it's kind of like an evil eye, but yes, I got you a little scissor, little scissors,
1: little scissors. It was so cute. <laughs> um, I absolutely adore you. Thank you so much. Your gift You're very is welcome. en route. It might arrive while we're recording, but if it's not I just want the audience to know.
2: See, I just guilt people into gifting me back. That's all it is. Can I
1: say something to you, though? It was funny because I was trying to think about what to get Taylor Strecker as the engagement gift. I talked about oh, right. this with you, right? Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And so she was saying, like, what people got her. What did you get her? Alcohol?
2: No, I got her these It's actually. So, by the way, for the listeners, Taylor Strecker, Darren and I are both co-hosts on her right. weekly show. And she just got engaged. Gage to her girlfriend, who's now her fiance, who's also named Taylor, which is the gayest shit of all time. Gayest shit of all time. Right. I got her these little dishes that you put by your bedside table for your ring. Cute. And one says, I'm the wife. And the other one says, like, I finally said yes. Or like something stupid. That's cool.
1: That's cute. cute. But it goes like female, female.
2: Yeah, it was funny. Yeah.
1: I remember talking to Taylor about it and I was like... You know, Taylor's like, basically, don't get me a gift because then I'm going to feel obligated to get you a gift. And I was like, this is an engagement. You don't have to get someone to give back when they got you something for your engagement. Like, No, I wasn't going to be like, now you got to get me something. Like, that's not how engagement gifts work. So I was talking about Taylor, I was talking to Taylor on the show. And I don't know if you listen every day, but I was talking about you. And I was like, Liz says she got me something that might be weed. And it's, and it's racking my brain. And Taylor's like, if Liz gets you something, Darren, you better get her something. And I was like... (laughs) I was like, okay, oh, I already that am that. Was, was like the point. That I was, I, I was like, point. why the threat? I was like, why is there a veil threat? She goes, Liz is the type of person. She'll remember if you don't get her
2: something. And I was like, oh damn, Strike? No, Striker. Don't listen to fucking harass. It was just, when- you know, when you see something for someone and you just gotta get it, that's how it was. That's totally. How. And we've had quite the year. So.
1: Yeah. I think we should get into the queue as as our year end wrap up. So let's get right into the queue. Hey, guys, we want to welcome you to the queue where we share some highlights and happenings within the LGBTQ and ally community.
2: And don't be shy, listeners. We want to hear from you too. If you've got the scoop or have someone you want us to shout out, feel free to shoot us a DM at S I A T podcast on Instagram or Twitter.
1: Okay, Liz. Can do you remember interviewing like Leah McSweeney?
2: Oh my god, look at my shirt right now. Buck
1: Angel, is that married to the mob?
2: Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, of course it is. Gotta
1: love a little tie dye on you too. But like that was of a different time.
2: That was a different. That was a different. We did it in person, but
1: it was just a different, like whole different. Because I've seen you in person since then, but it's just like I can't believe this year has ended. Thank God it has. But like. You know, in a lot of ways, I think people, you know, have been using the word "unprecedented" and "and horrible." A lot of things have gone down. I mean, hello, George Floyd, right? The Black Lives right. Matter movement got a new president. Politics were very much so in the forefront. A lot of people died. A lot of people had babies. A lot of people broke up. And look, I'm not saying that this happened more this year than any other year. I just think that we were paying attention to it a little bit more, sure. probably because we were on the edge of our seats and it was such an interesting year. But I also want to just say, as we wrap up this year on Scissoring, that a lot of good things have actually happened, too. Yeah. And, like, really positive things. And, one, I met the love of my life, who I'm going to marry. Mark my what? words right what? there. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Whoa! I'm coming to that wedding. You are maybe officiating it. You can cut. Ooh. You can do little paper things. Met the love wow, of my life.
2: bold moves. I know. am here How for How far it. have we come from like our first episode? I would just like to say for the
1: listeners
2: that I fucking called it.
1: Called me wanting to marry Nadine?
2: Mm, I just called the whole shit popping off. I called it, I called <laughs> it, and I called it. And that is it. That's just what I'm going to say. I called <laughs> it and that I'm not going to go into details, but I did. <laughs>
1: You're like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go any further. Just give me credit. for <laughs> Yeah, I was this. like <laughs> starting
2: to, and then I was like, shut the fuck up, Liz. Just. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but also, we started something really special, and we started a really good podcast that I think has really. Honestly, changed me too. Like our friendship has certainly gotten stronger and better, and I think that like just our vibe on podcasting has gotten even easier. Like it just yeah. it flows so much better. But like it's really been a pleasure to get to work with you for this past year, and it's so fun. And like mm-hmm. recognizing your strengths versus my strengths. Hint, hint. She has all the strengths of this podcast. Stop I have it. none. No, it's true. And it's just been, it's been really nice. And I just kind of wanted to, cause we have, because we have comments by celebs on, which, which we'll get to in a moment. And they did a huge roundup for us. I just kind of want to talk about some positive things that happened this year as opposed to the negative shit that we kind of get inundated with at all times.
2: Well, first of all, I love you and thank you. And this has been quite the journey. Like I, I didn't, we had no idea. I think when we started I don't know. I don't think we knew the kinds of conversations that we would have. Obviously just recently we had somebody open up about something super personal to them and it made its way <laughs> into the ether, <laughs> the internet. You know, we've talked a lot about race, we've talked about identity. We've talked about childhood. We've talked about hopes.
1: We've talked about misogyny. Dreams, we've talked about- misogyny. Yeah,
2: right. You know, we've had so many interesting people on the show. And I think, like you said, I've learned a lot too, just as much as you have. And it's just been such an, it's just been really fun. And so thank you for also enduring my intense type A and psychotic brain. I'd also like to, and I know you and I would both like to thank Embassy Row. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, of Michael. We, we love <laughs> Michael, you, Michael. I love you, we love you. and Sarny. We tolerate you. Just kidding. We love you too. But-,
1: but but yeah, there's there has been some amazing pop culture moments, and we always totally. like to dish whether or not it's a Bravo thing or this and that. I mean, listen. I mean, Bravo recently, went off the
2: fucking hook this year. That's oh my for god! Sure. Well, it's
1: funny because we just filmed the Real Housewives of Orange County reunion, and I was talking to Andy because Andy sent me a picture of Bronwyn, and he was like. He he was like, look, she looks lesbian chic, because that's what I always say about my style. Like we joke all the time. Because he's like,
2: wait, did she wear a suit? No,
1: she didn't wear a. She's a housewife, sweetie. But this is what I said to him: she wore combat boots. Now, fancy combat boots. I'm not talking about like you know, like LL Bean. No shade to LL Bean. I'm just saying, like, not your typical ones. Like fancy. I think they were like Tory Burch combat boots. And I that was like, clocks. this clocks. has right that clocks. And I was like, this has to be the first housewife to ever wear a combat boot at a reunion, which to me in in 10 years or the 12 years that Housewives have been on, for some weird reason, I find this to be like this odd accomplishment that like the definition of housewife and how they look and how they dress and what they do has changed. And this year in particular, it isn't just a matter of like, oh, I'm going to be a divorcee and then be an independent woman. This year it's, questioning certain relationships and marriages. And it's been amazing with that. I think the visibility has been kind of incredible. And I don't wanna, I I can't spoil what else happened in the OC reunion, but there's a lot of good stuff and a lot of progressive things happening in the city whatever we're going to call it, town area that happens to be pretty conservative. You know, really? I don't think anyone would be like, oh, New York city's Leah, if Leah came out as bi. I don't think anyone would be like, whoa, but in OC. no. And
2: speaking of for all know? the listeners that are listening right now, that didn't listen to the Leah episode that we've, recorded almost a year ago, you should totally listen to that fucking
3: episode. Well, you should
1: because it's kind of a snapshot in time of her before anyone knew who she was outside of the fashion industry. Like I'm talking in terms of like pop culture now.
2: No, I know. It's crazy.
1: And like these subtle moments that have sort of, I don't know, like it's it's been really cool to watch. And I hope there's gonna be more like just percentage wise, you'd think that at least some of the Housewives probably would be not straight.
2: Fully. I'm glad. I'm here for it. Brahman. if you're listening, please come on the show. Hi, Heather Gay. We keep talking in the DMs. You are I welcome love. and ready anytime. All, all, all true. of you. <laughs> all true. I, it, what a year. It's been a year. Yeah. You know, and something that I did want to talk about briefly was how interesting I thought that there was no pride this year. Oddly, I forgot about that,
1: like in a weird way. I know. And but I it was I also too. during Black Lives Matter where that right. mattered and matters... More, at least in that snapshot of time. I'm not trying to compare like saying gay rights don't matter over, you know, right, uh, right, black right, right. lives. But I'm just saying that like in that snapshot in time, I feel like we were all coming together for a unified purpose or hopefully yep. for BLM as opposed to being like pride parade and I all know that and,
2: and it'll be interesting as we move on, you know, as a country really to what pride looks like. And I think, you know, we were as you said, like we, you know, there was a lot of attention put on things because we all had the time and no distractions to really look at what things meant and how how things came to be and I don't know really take a step back so I see a lot as much of a dumpster fire as 2020 was for so many people and very tragic for for many 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 people around the world I do think there is beauty to be seen and had and We definitely felt some. So, And,
1: you know, I know that we've been covering the Q and stuff for maybe the past, you know, six, seven episodes. And so it's kind of been this new thing that we've been doing. But we often talk about, you know, LGBTQ plus news that hits. And listen, we've gone we've come a long way from our first ever podcast to now, you know, Pete Buttigieg is now the transportation secretary under Biden. And it's just rep. Presentation in general, I think, has been a really good thing, even him even him getting to be up on that debate stage now, whether or not you liked his politics wh- and, and and I it wasn't like I was a fan of everything that he said, but just like the fact that he could get up there and say that, and you know, I think it's also important when especially during all of the uh, the tension that was happening at least in the United States this year, and everyone was like, "Fuck this country, fuck this and that for me." It also said to me how beautiful this country is and how great that you and I can have a podcast and say whatever the fuck we want to an extent and not be arrested for it. And Pete Buttigieg can go up there and he can debate and he can be a gay man, but it's not his only issue. You know, he, I I think he barely mentioned gay marriage when he was in the debates. It wasn't even a thing, you know? And so that to me says that things are coming together and, and getting better and, there's a lot to be said for living here and the struggles that we were we were dealing with. I also think brought a lot of goodness within the community. Like I do think people were brought together in a lot of weird, different ways that maybe before they wouldn't have. You know, people totally. learned a lot this year, at least hopefully. And so with that said, I I think I I think this is a good, these are good guests to have on to end our year because Comments by Celebs is. I mean, we know that I'm not good at Instagram. Yeah, you're
2: not good at Instagram.
1: Not good at Instagram, admittedly. Um, (laughs) Which is is okay.
2: It's okay. You don't have to, you know, we all have our strengths and that does not need to be Social media
1: isn't mine. Like I could tell you a million things about television, could not tell you anything on Instagram. But but, but (laughs) Emma and Julie, who run the Comments by Celebs account, who are my friends, uh, and now Liz's friends as well, came on and we were kind of like, We can't not have these girls on who are literally an encyclopedia of every moment that has happened with famous people on Instagram, period. Like, ever. Uh, It's just like, if I am not going to look at Instagram every day, which I don't, I'm going to go to comments by celebs to kind of see what's going on. And so we had them create sort of this... Roundup, we wanted to talk about, like, just a fun look back at the year, pop culture. Some LGBTQ+, some not, which was fine. You know, we don't want it just to be gay news. There are plenty of people in our atmosphere.
2: We also learned that Darren is a monster and doesn't care about the British royal family, which is fine. I just want to warn you that that's coming, yeah. and that's okay, yeah. and we're, yeah. we've are we worked through it. I'm still looking at the MLS in Montecito just to see if I could get, you know, an entry-level home to be right near Megan and Harry, just kidding. But yeah, we I think, Darren, you just said it perfectly. We have a little gay, we have a little not gay. You know, those girls are so smart. They're definitely like the future of media, I think. They have a fantastic podcast that they really you all do. should listen to. And it was just a fun episode where we kind of just talked about the interwebs. And you
1: know what? <laughs> it's important great. to mention. Yeah, we talked about the interwebs and I think that's because it is sort of this there's this anonymity with the internet. And I think sometimes people say things on the internet they wouldn't say in real life. And I think that's true, obviously, in LGBTQ plus culture as well. I know a lot of people who would say, you know, in public, like, sure, I got no problem with this. But like, when it's their kid, they have a problem with things or when it's their friends and this and that. And so it is a good roundup. But also, like, I think it's important, especially as we go further in scissoring, that we are not here to just talk about, like, strictly lesbian news and this and that and all the terrible things. Like, we want straight people to come on and tell us about their issues because maybe they've had issues or maybe they had a sibling that was gay or trans or this or that. And, like, that perspective matters too. And so there are two heterosexual women who are fucking hilarious. They have their shit together and they rounded up some of the best pop culture moments of
2: 2020. <gasps> There goes my doorbell.
1: I feel like ravioli wrapped us up.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, it's your present.
1: That's my fault, technically. Not ravioli's, though.
2: I would just like to say thank you to Darren because Darren's (laughs) Christmas present just arrived, which is why... They
1: might not have put the note, but I wanted them to, and it was going to say...
2: Oh, I love this. Guys, Fred Siegel, my fave, and it is a... Um, This is... Boy smells, which I love, and it's a fragrance making kit. Oh my god! Thank you, Darren. You're a dream. The note, which <gasps> I added Les. them to say, it's a Les candle. Yes, Les. That's right. Yes,
1: Les thing. But I wanted them to put because I'm sure they didn't add it. But the the note is supposed to Wait, say. I'm so opening I'm gonna up. No, no, it no. On air for you. I'm going to open it there?
2: up the note. I'm going to read it. Liz, I couldn't ask for a better partner in crime. Scissors are our weapon of choice. I love you and happy holidays. Love, Darren. I love you. <laughs> happy holidays. And thank you to all every single... One of our listeners, we love you. Yes, guys. Yes, thank
1: you all so much, and keep DMing us. Uh, we always want to know what you guys want to talk about. Seriously, or if you think you have cool guests and you want to hear their story, like We've we would love submissions from you. Some of from our you. best
2: guests from our listeners. So thank you from listener
1: submissions. Yes, thank you so much for always listening. Uh, Liz is going to light her Les candle in honor oh God, of is all amazing. of you. Nadine and I were looking around, and Nadine was like, I think you got to get this Les candle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. She's like, you know, Liz. I was like,
2: technically, she's bi, but okay. I was like, that's, I'll be a Les whenever it works for you guys. Um, Yes. It works for me. Anyway, Happy New Year. Happy
1: Holidays, my love. Yes. Happy New Year. Thank you, Darren. Of course. Enjoy enjoy the
2: episode, (laughs) guys. (laughs) Scissoring isn't a thing. I'm Liz Cully. And I'm Darren Carp. And boy, Liz, do we have a show today. Because you know, normally it's me and you,
1: and we gang up on our third guest. But today we are we're not outnumbering our guests because we got two. That's right, two people on our show, and they're both very good friends of mine. We have the lovely geniuses, the beautiful geniuses behind the comments by celebs account, but not only comments by celebs, okay, which by the way has about 1.6 million followers. They also do comments by Bravo, which is 144,000 followers. Comments by Bachelor, which, you know, gets me, Liz, which is $59,000. Comments by Athletes, which is basically 45,000 followers. Overheard Celebs, which is 262,000 followers. So they single-handedly not only are like half our age, but have way more of a social network than we will ever have, Liz. And they're all verified,
2: which I did get declined this morning for verification, which was a real bummer. But oh. that's okay. I know.
1: It's your dream to be verified, right? Well, no, maybe these no, girls. No, it's not really
2: my dream. My dream is to have a better metabolism. But, you know, being <laughs> around like minded, famous folks like these two girls and you, Darren Karp, who yeah. knows? My dreams could come true. You never know.
1: Well, I, I, I'm going to introduce them by their first full names, which is Emma and Julie. How are the two of you doing today?
2: Hi. Oh <laughs> Look how cute they are, Liz. Aren't they the cutest? I'm dead. <laughs> Julie is in, like, she's a snow princess. Winter Wonderland. Yeah, she's snow princessing. In the
1: Hamptons.
2: Yeah, of course. Emma <laughs> really went with the theme today. She's in yes. a closet, which <laughs> we love. And then you guys are just the cutest things on the planet. And you're so smart. And you know I love a smart woman. Can't handle it. Em <laughs> and
1: Jay, we want you to get into this conversation as opposed to us bragging about it. Just give us an overall, like, how do you start an Instagram account, like?
3: Okay, well, first, let me just say thank you for that very kind introduction. We're so (laughs) happy. (laughs) Seriously, both of you, and specifically Darren. I don't know if you guys listening know this, but Darren was the first time, and honestly, one of the only times Julie and I have ever done a speaking engagement. Darren moderated it and she interviewed us, and that will always just hold such a special place in our hearts. So we love both of you. So, yeah, I mean, we started it in April 2017, and it was really just a direct result of the algorithm changing, you know? if you think back to a couple of years ago, Verify comments didn't show up like this. They were just mixed in with everyone else. So once Instagram made that change, which when we later on interviewed Charles Porch, he explained to us that when he made that change in the algorithm, he was doing it. He's like, if I was Kendall Jenner and Kylie commented on my post, I wanted her to be able to see it. He's like, never did I think it would turn into this, you know, offshoot. So it was just a lot of consistency. You know, we kept posting, we didn't have many followers when we started. Andy Cohen was actually our first celebrity follower.
2: Like- oh, I love it. Yeah. It's true. It's yeah. True.
3: <laughs> Andy followed when you guys had like,
1: what, a thousand followers? Yeah. Something or ridiculous. It had been like, I think we had only been doing
0: it for like a month and a half, maybe, when he followed. Wow.
1: And so like, it's not so much that you're commenting or even being shady. I mean, I know that you both take a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of sensitivity towards the comments that you're making about other people's comments. You never look to offend. You never look to make anybody uncomfortable. In fact, you really do the opposite and almost double down on that. But where for you, and we're going to get to our rundown of everything, where for you is the line, especially maybe in- Queer communities of all communities. I mean, you know, right now, cancel culture, PC culture, everyone is very sensitive about everything. Do you ever worry about that? And then how do you tackle those issues?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a a very interesting time to run a, a platform like this, you know, because you have so many different people from different walks of life that are following. And obviously, we never want to offend. I guess the first thing is we really are not risk takers on the page. If there's something that even remotely could come across a certain way, most likely we just think it's not worth it. And that's kind of the same tone that we follow on our podcast. Like we listen to every episode a couple of times before it comes out and we have that rule of thumb. Like if something feels like one person out of thousands could maybe be offended, unless it's really, really additive to the point where we need to say it to clarify a point, like it's just not worth it. Totally. You know, I don't know. You know, we al- we're always learning. We try to just keep educating ourselves. We try to ask questions. It's no one's ever going to be perfect, but I feel like we just try to be receptive to feedback and, and make it as. I hate the term a safe space because I know that's like a very subjective term. It depends who, you know, feels safe. But we do try to make it a relatively safe, fun, uplifting space.
2: And we typically, and I'm sorry to roll back the tape here, but we do ask Always, and I don't want you two to be any different. I want you to have the full scissoring experience. <laughs> oh, but- they've had a scissoring
1: experience <laughs> with me, please, please.
2: <laughs> How do you both identify?
0: Both of us identify as straight girls.
1: Sorry, Darren.
2: <laughs> Damn it! Listen, Julie. Well I'm going to say.
1: I'm going to just say this to you, Liz. You don't know this. This is a little fun fact, okay? But. I was talking to them about sending like tit pics, right? Cause like we, in lesbian community, we don't get, obviously like women aren't sending like their vagina pictures to everyone. And Emma gave me a lovely tutorial, how to send a proper booby pic And I got a full frontal of M. And so I'm just saying she's very open. She's not, they're not prudes, okay? Not that there's anything wrong with being prude, but I did learn a lesson from the younger generation about how to send a proper booby pick.
2: Is it it like leaning over and like smashing them together? (laughs) What can you describe?
3: Let me give you my number one tip. And first off, Darren, you really were bringing me back. I forgot about that. I'll tell you my biggest trick, which I don't know if this is the one that I sent, but The most underutilized feature when it comes to sexting is the slow-mo feature. You can put that on my grave. A little slow-mo of, like, taking your shirt off, of rubbing your, like, fingers on your nipples. It really, it it does wonders, so.
2: I really didn't think this episode was going to go this way.
3: (laughs) I know! This is is why these are my
1: girls! These are are my girls. Rubbing
2: your nipples in slow-mo. No, of course it's sexy, but I'm just like, huh. See, this is the best part about the youth. You know what I mean? Is that <laughs> they really know how to use the iPhone in a way that I don't.
1: You learn a lot from the younger generation. I think we have to get into our roundup with these girls because- Have to,
2: because it's been a
1: year. And I knew this was going to happen is we, we've tasked them. We gave them homework to sort of come out with like, the 20 best moments essentially of the year, the ones that hit social media. And I thought that they were just gonna come out with like a one-lined list. Like I thought they'd be like, oh, like Harry Styles, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. They came out with pages pages. of information. Like (laughs) they do not fuck around. And so I wanna get right into it because I know, I wanna know your thought process with this, how you cultivated this list. Let's start off with the number one you guys wanna talk about.
3: Okay. One thing that we kind of had thought about, I don't know if this is the first one that I sent you. I don't believe that our list was technically in order, but I do just want to say, I think it's a good way to set the scene. There have been so many breakups this year in quarantine out of control. You think more than normal
1: for sure, or it just feels like more than normal? I think more than normal. What do you think, Julie?
0: I think more than normal, maybe in quantity, but definitely in quality. Like the people that have broken up have been more surprising to me as a whole than like, Years past, you usually get like a couple sprinkled in of really big names, whereas like most of the breakups this year, I felt like really big, surprising ones.
1: Well, I will say for me, when we talk about major, major breakups, the first thing I'm thinking is Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis, because to me, they felt like long haul couples like to me. And maybe I don't really know the story and you guys can enlighten me, but it was like they were together longer than a lot of other couples they had cohabitated they had children together they seemed to be sort of two sides of the same coin and so when they broke up i was like well that gives me no hope for any type of
3: relationship because they they never seem to be in bad press to me we were floored by that one really especially because they're both i mean jason really is not active at all on social media and olivia is but not in as much of like a personal way kind of. So we've never, I mean, I don't think they're the type of people to ever say negative things about each other, but there was no even like speck of, of speculation. You know, we were lured by that. I really truly thought they were in it for the long haul and that blew us away. I remember. And then when you look into it in their past, specifically Olivia, such a strange past relationship, she was married to a prince. Like there was a whole thing going on. And so, and so how do you guys cover that?
1: I feel like every single, single couple is very different. Like, so for example,
0: with a Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde, like, I think there's absolutely no one on the planet that wanted to see anything messy go down there. Right. There's something with like a couple like that, where they're so out of the public eye, where it doesn't really get messy because A, they don't make it messy. And B, it's not like anyone's out there rooting for their demise. Like I've never heard be like, God, I hope Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde break up this year. But then there are certain couples where it's like, a Kristen Cavallari and you're like, God, this is messy. And then like Jay Cutler's out there with Tommy Lauren and we're not gonna like hold back on that accord. So I think it definitely depends couple to couple and depends how much they're like, they themselves are putting out into the public.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Do we think that Kristen Cavallari is going to get together with Austin Kroll from Southern Charm based on the comments that have been happening on Instagram
3: or no? No, I don't. And also, let me just tell you, this, I, this is like my thesis at this point because Isabel and I had one deep dive. I really do not think so. I, what I said on the podcast is I think, one, we know she's with Jeff Dye. Jeff Dye even tweeted, he wishes, wink face, it, it basically subtweeting Austin. But what I really think it was is obviously they were in Nashville to do the podcast. And I really do believe that Kristen is the type of girl where, hey, I'm friends with you and you want to piss off your ex and I'm this hot girl that can be on your shoulders. Like I think she was game. And yeah. I think it's not an issue with Jeff. I genuinely think she wanted to... Assist Austin in pissing off Madison, and by way of doing that, make some good headlines. I think that was Kristen's motive, not anything sexual with Austin.
2: That's a very good thesis. I think you're right. What other main breakups did we
1: have this year that I'm probably not? Okay, well, l- can we talk for one second in the Bravo world? Oh, we can talk every second in the Bravo world.
3: <laughs> okay, she was like, asking me. <laughs> yeah, I was asking Julie permission because yeah. I was not her thing. But just one, Julie, then we'll move on. Are we going to talk Erica Jane right now?
2: Yeah. We yeah, we have to.
3: This is the craziest thing ever. It comes out on election day. She comes out that she has filed for divorce, which of course was shocking, clearly also done on election day to try to take away from it. I understand that common press tactic. Okay, right. so that first comes out and then the reports surfaced that she's been living separately. She's been renting a home. Some people are speculating at this time that it was really not an actual breakup. It was more to conceal assets because he's going from financial trouble. We hear nothing on that. A week or two later, it comes out that he is being sued, like seriously, seriously, seriously sued. sued. He was one of two law firms representing the families of the victims that were killed in that Indonesian plane crash. And apparently he took the client funds for himself. So now there's embezzlement of funds to, you know, clearly the families of these victims and he doesn't have the $2 million to pay it. And then last week, literally within the last week, we find out that Apparently, over the last couple of months, he's been hospitalized for illness, and the judge wants him to take a test for mental competency. So now it's to the point where people are saying he may be having dementia and doesn't fully understand the extent of what's going on. Erica may be doing this as a way to kind of just protect him. So quite literally, I have no idea what I think.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those complicated ones where I think from the beginning, I don't know, as a viewer of The Housewives, I mean, I've always loved Erica Jane for so many reasons, but I think the pairing of the two has always been kind of a head nod for me. And I think that adds to like her mystique. You're like, whoa, how is she married to this dude? Like, how does it all work? So I wouldn't expect her divorce to be any less of a head scratch. But she is somebody that comments a lot on social media in general. So I'm surprised that we didn't find like a little breadcrumb somewhere. The only thing we
3: kind of found recently was she posted a photo and Lisa commented on her photo of her confessional look and said, like, you better believe she's going to talk about it, referencing this situation, which to us, I mean, we were floored by that because I feel like, you know, Erica's biggest issue has always been her lack of vulnerability. I call her like the anti-Potomac because I find the Potomac women to be so transparent and vulnerable and she's the opposite of that. So, I mean, if Lisa's right, that would be amazing, but I don't really know.
1: Who of all the housewives do you think is the shadiest commenter on the gram?
3: Shadiest? And this is not in a, this is not in a positive way. Like in a fun, yeah. Okay. Okay. Not in a positive way. Okay. This, This one is not positive. This isn't like a fun shade. Kelly Dodd is off her damn I rocker. mean
2: I don't even like
3: know. off of her damn rocker
1: I um, knew you were gonna say that I thought you were gonna say her Nini or Rinna but like Dodd's getting a lot of shit this season so Dodd I understand. has
2: gone hard in the paint <laughs> on Twitter and uh, I mean she just went full throttle I feel like even in the last few weeks it's really gone that 5150 comment was really it was that was next level for me
3: and Andy called her out on it <laughs> As he should. And he, he did a great I mean, and, job with and that.
2: And that's the
1: good thing about Andy. Well, I mean, I think that he puts pos- people in positions to win, but at the same time, he's going to call them out when you're being like, well, I mean, even in the Potomac reunion, he basically said to Candace, you're a disaster on Twitter, like for better or for worse. Like he's going to call you out. And that's sort of why I love him. Just speaking of commenting, but okay. So we've had a number of breakups this season, but I feel like on the flip side of that, there's been a fuck ton of baby announcements. Yes. Can you mm-hmm. talk to me about some of the best baby announcements that have happened, most surprising, the ones that really generated a lot of heat and commentary?
3: Julie, hit us with the number one, obviously. Okay, honestly, I'm having a moment where I can't
0: remember one baby. <laughs> so I need you to take over and remind me who had kids. Oh, Wyatt Cooper?
3: Julie, oh my you're not Wyatt Cooper.
0: Oh my God, Wyatt. <laughs> Gigi and Zayn. Gigi and Zane. Well, that was a big one because the whole timing of them getting back together was like, so like they had broken up for a while. And then November, 2019 kind of rolled around and there were rumors about them at the farm. And then you get to February where she like confirms the relationship by posting a Valentine's day post for him. And then all of a sudden the pregnancy like announcement
3: broke.
2: Yeah. What did you guys think about all the Easter eggs? Because it was around her birthday that I think is when people kind of started to see the stomach and, She posted these pictures where it was, it looked like birthday balloons, but one had a blue string and one had a pink one. Do you guys remember what I'm talking about? Yes.
0: This is why I love the internet because everyone like somehow turns into an FBI agent. (laughs) And during that same time, there was a card that somebody had matched up as being like a card from Target that they had found. And it was a like, it's a girl card. And that's how it like really like was the thing that really confirmed it because people were able to zoom in on this tiny card that was in a corner from a package from Bella and figure out that it was a baby announcement card. Wait, I did
2: not know that.
0: So it was like she was a baby shower at the same time.
2: Wow, that is okay. All right. Yeah, that's some FBI shit though, I would say. Yeah,
1: that's why we have these sleuths on. Okay, so that was a little surprising, the little baby announcement. Just before we get to Wyatt Cooper, because obviously it's Wyatt Cooper, do we think how long before Justin and Haley have a baby?
3: Ah, uh, this, this is the topic we think about a lot. I don't know. They are both so badly want to be parents, yet they've constantly come out and said they're going to wait. If they can wait, I think it'll be a few years. But I also, like, when I tell you 0% of me would be surprised if in nine months we had a kid. Like nine months from any moment we had a kid.
0: Did you see Justin on Ellen most recently? I don't think I did. So Justin was on Ellen and people were actually like really like surprisingly happy with his answers. But Ellen asked him about the baby because she was basically saying, she's like, I know you're so good with kids. You have younger siblings. Like, is this something you're thinking about? And he was like, I want to have as many kids as possible. He was like, it's entirely up to Haley. Haley has things she wants to do. Haley is not ready yet. When she's ready, we'll be ready. And then Ellen was like, how many kids do you think you'll have? And he again was like, as many as Haley's willing to give me, like it's her body. If she's willing to put herself through that, then I'll have as many as she wants to have.
1: Good job, Justin. I know. I that's Justin. like such a good PR answer though. It was,
0: you know it I mean? was like, very
2: well-trained. I don't know if I'm ready for them to have kids
0: now, I
2: mentally? You're not mentally ready. You're, you're going to need a little. <laughs> okay. So Wyatt Cooper, Anderson oh. Cooper's baby, bundle of joy, BFF to another little baby who we all know Darren knows so well. Mm-hmm. How exciting. What did you guys think about that?
3: Were you surprised? I was floored and I have to tell you that when he said it on television and he made the announcement, I know he also did it on social, I was just I just started crying. Like I just Aww. out of nowhere, I just really started crying because it it was so beautiful. Like Anderson Cooper, I feel like we all think of him as somebody that's devoted his life to his career and he yeah. never really talks about the personal aspect. So it just came out of such left field and the pride that he had. And, oh, my God. And also, you know, his relationship with his mom. And I don't know. It was just emotional. I was so happy for him. He's such a, I can imagine, such an excellent father.
1: Yeah, I I found out, obviously, before it was announced to the world, because I have a relationship with him. I obviously know him through Andy. And I remember being surprised myself, because not that he wouldn't make an amazing dad, but just that he's so career-focused and so this that i couldn't even imagine that happening but i think the fact that it happened basically like a year and a half after andy had been like it's kind of the 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 relationship we all needed and so i was really happy to hear that and why it is the fucking cutest cutest kid
0: i've ever seen
1: so adorable so cute okay so i know that we have a few lgbtq related you know things here that I actually want to get to because I know their audience would be curious. Let's let's start off with one actually, Liz and I recently covered, which is Elliot Page. Uh, he recently came out as trans, something that he had been struggling with for a while. Surprising, what were the comments surrounding uh, surrounding Elliot? Because I imagine, and I talked to Liz about this a little bit. To me, as as just a, a fan and an outsider, the comments seem to be in utter support. Whereas in ten years ago, it might not have been that way, whether or not we had social media. Did you find that the comments about Elliot Page coming out as trans were
3: uplifting in a way, or what was your take on that? Completely. We saw nothing. Honestly, we saw nothing but utter, like you said, utter, utter support. And I also think in his statement, he said, you know, I'm very proud of this, but it's also a fragile time. Like right. I, am, I know what this means in terms of, unfortunately, society is not as kind as they should be. And so I just felt like his statement was so powerful, and yes, it was so well received. Of course, there's trolls, but we don't pay attention to that. In terms of yeah. like the verified users of the world, it was it was complete support.
2: It was a beautiful moment. I think even the non-verified user. yeah, oh. and unverified people like the Gen Pop over <laughs> here. But no, I thought it was a really nice moment for the community to come and rally around one of our own and somebody who even, you know, when Elliot was identifying as a woman excuse me, publicly, also, you know, made big strides in coming out as a part of the LGBTQ plus community then, you know, and I think right. it's a beautiful evolution. And I'm so glad we're in a place in 2020 that we can support people to be their most authentic selves. Yeah, yeah.
3: something that and I talk about a lot on the show is how when things like this come out, it's sometimes really fun to like search Twitter. And a lot of times, of course you see negativity, but what's really beautiful is how the younger generation who is obviously so involved in social media, trans people that are younger are like, yes, like this representation, you know? And so there's this like collective celebration. And I love witnessing that because we don't see it enough. And so now younger people who are trans that they have this person to look up to. And it it was just really great to see that as well. Yeah. Well, and I think more importantly,
1: even just to show the comments is that and I want to get to Dwayne Wade here, uh, because his 12-year-old came out as trans and would go by the name, I think it's Zaya, right? Or is it Zaya? Zaya. It's Zaya. Is it Zaya? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's Zaya. Zaya. Because to me, especially like, yes, obviously Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade are, you know, celebrities in their own, right, but in, in athletic culture, in sports, especially in male sports, there's so much, it's rampant homophobia going on in there. I mean, even now in locker rooms, like I don't even want to know what's said in, in a football locker room. And so I thought it was really important for Dwayne Wade to kind of come out not only in support of, of his child, but do it in such a public way on Good Morning America. Walk us through that announcement. What happened there for you guys? Was anyone surprised? Did we all see it coming?
3: And why was this such a monumental moment for you guys to put it on your list? Ah. Uh. I mean, this was like you said. I think a lot of it came from the fact of, in theory, of course, anytime a child comes out as trans, we want the parents to be supported. Of course, that's that's the goal, but that's just not the reality, unfortunately. And like you said, in the athletic world, we—I've experienced this now, just having not that I run the comments by athletes account, but you know, and I obviously talk about every post before it goes live. And the homophobia, like you said, it's rampant, and I've learned yeah. that from the searching these comments. And so, the fact for Dwayne Wade to not just say. Of course we support our child, but and, and but and not even to do it so publicly, like yes, Ellen and GMA was a big deal, but more so to come out and say, like, this is not, we're not making a choice here. This is the only option. When you have yeah. a child, you're supporting them through it. You know, he didn't want any praise for it. He was like, We are the parents, this is what we do. And to me, it just showed this moment of like, this is the only way to do it, you know, and, and I just appreciated that. And and the way that Gab, who is not Zaya's birth mom, takes her under her wing in such a effortless, beautiful way. The whole thing was, it was just special to watch. Like I'm telling you so many of these things on this list. I got so emotional
2: for no reason. This was an emotional one for me. I was really happy to see this come on your list. I I couldn't agree with you more. It was so beautiful top to bottom. And I I think you make a really great point that the way Dwayne handled it was like, this is what it is. I know by the way, like My this is their decision. Like this is my child, and this is their life. It's not my life. I can't impose my life onto them and uh, my celebrity onto them. Like this is what it is. Yeah, I thought it was really touching. I
0: think also something that talk about a lot M is celebrity parents and kind of setting an example for other parents. And I think that even outside of the world of sports and outside of the world of celebrity, like what Dwayne Wade and Gab Union did was. They set a real example for parents to be able to follow because I think that a lot of parents, not that they wouldn't be supportive or not that they would have an issue, but really don't know how to go about a lot of things, especially territory that's really new to them. So I think what Dwayne Wade did really well was kind of set a blueprint that's so public that so many parents can look at and be like, okay, this is how this was handled. This is what the public praised Dwayne Wade for. This is what you know Dwayne Wade is posting of his daughter this is what Dwayne Wade is willing to share this is what Dwayne Wade is keeping private and I think that yeah. that is probably helpful for so many parents and children to like look at together and be
1: able to navigate. I think that's a really good point and also I mean just something kind of coupled with that and I and I sort of want to move on to the, to Harry Styles because Harry Styles is someone who is whether or not he identifies as it, I see it as kind of this cultural fluidity within him where he can play anything, and he definitely bends the gender roles, whether it's in his dress or the things that he says. I mean, with his Harry Styles, I think it was a dress that he posted where he said, bring back manly men. I mean, talk about a clapback of a clapback. Why did that make your moment from your standpoint? And also, was it surprising to see Harry do this? Because... As far as I know, Harry identifies as straight, but I'm not confident in that. Sheds I heart. don't know if he's ever come out as anything. I think that it's very purposely
0: left unlabeled. Mm -hmm. Well, I also think
1: that gives him more clout, right? Because then if he's just this straight guy, you know, saying all these things, so like, you don't know, you don't know our experience. You don't know what it's like to have to come out. You know, you get to wear a dress while every girl is obsessed with you and wants to be you and on this huge platform. So I think by him sort of omitting this information, it gives him the opportunity to maybe speak for voices that probably might not let him speak for them previously, if he had come out with a label, do you guys find that to be the case?
3: I think it could be the case. I just think he, you're right. Like when I think of Harry, I just think of fluidity in so many different senses of the word. And I, I think that just like the increase in fluidity in general is, a, is really special to see. But I have to, just going back to his initial clapback when he said, bring back manly men and that picture of him. And I believe it was a dress looking so sexy, by the way. Yeah, super sexy. As a that- lesbian,
1: I can confidently say he was sexy.
3: I mean, yeah, like to me, that is the most classy fuck you to everyone, but specifically to Candace Owens that I have ever seen. And it was chef's kiss. Like that is how you do
2: it. You know, Right. I really see him as kind of this generation's David Bowie, who just exudes sexuality, doesn't play by the rules, doesn't really give a shit, doesn't really define it either way. He's a class act in his own way. And I think he's forging his own path. But it's so interesting that him wearing a dress on the cover of a magazine felt like such a big deal to so many people. It became this huge moment. And obviously the comments, I feel like, were quite supportive. But did you see anything interesting in the comments when he started to post those photos from that shoot that struck you?
3: You know, I will say, because yes, from like the public accounts that you would expect, obviously very supportive. But I genuinely think a lot of straight men are genuinely just so intimidated. Like Mm. I really, because it's, it's flipping on their head, everything that they thought of as like, quote, quote masculinity and what they think is like what quote girls want. And so I think it really kind of makes them rethink everything in their minds. And it's, it's intimidating, you know? And, and as a, as a woman who is wildly attracted to Harry Styles, I love that. I'm like, yeah, this is, there's other ways to do it, you know? Totally. Well, yeah, and I, I think like the
1: definition of what you're attracted to has sort of changed. I mean, I think that people could be attracted to Harry Styles at any age, but I think 50 years ago, a dude in a dress, no woman maybe confidently or openly would have been like, oh, yeah, that's that's sexy to me. You know, and now we're like, oh, yeah, that's fucking sexy. Like, rock it, dude. Like, but don't I, you I,
2: think, Darren, like the whole idea of maybe 2020 because we've all been left to our own devices. You know, you talk about these crazy breakups that we never saw coming we talk about the people that are also like flirting like really outlandishly also on Instagram as well but also kind of when things started to fall apart in people's relationships and I'm teeing up my actual personal favorite moment of all 2020 that I am I will not let us not talk about today but I feel like you know even when things got messy or different or we all just kind of we all took a step back to see what was accepted and what was not. And I am talking about Jada and August because that to me and Will Smith literally sitting at that red table and being like an entanglement.
1: I want to be in that family so bad.
2: So badly. I just, I mean, first of all, here are my first few things to say because I know we've got all, I can't imagine all of the opinions in in our internet chat room right now. (laughs) (laughs) One, Will has clearly gone through a shit ton of therapy between this and the full house or excuse me, full house. Fresh Prince Whoa. of Bel-Air Friends with of Bel-Air. Oh, well, right. So but good. when, when she literally was like, you ruined my career and he, you know, reflected her emotions, let her, you know, he really has been through some therapy, mm-hmm. but I think there's been so much speculation for so long about their relationship. So for this to come to a head, Also, while we're all sitting in our homes, dying for content, dying for stories. And this older, you know, not older than the person that she was sleeping with woman, Jada, who is so beautiful, so hot, so, you know, open in her own right about her relationship to sex in her show like, comes out and starts talking about, like, having an entanglement with a fucking 19-year-old. And Will's like, yeah, I knew. I mean, I don't know. Just, and this is when, sorry, one last thing. This is, like, when I love when the internet comes together. The memes reminded me when Tristan first cheated on Chloe, and everyone was like, I hope when you're at the grocery store, like you get (laughs) knocked in the back of your ankles by like a, you know, like all of those hysterical, like it's just my favorite moments of IG, but talk to us about why this made your list. Oh my God.
3: I mean, okay, I know we both have a lot today. I'll briefly go first in saying that this is the best way to put it. Julie and I often talk about how when we look at the difference between like reality television drama, right? So like Brody Jenner, for example, if something's going on there, it's a little bit more messy. And that typically, that style doesn't translate when we're talking about A-listers. Will Smith and Jada Pickensmith are quite literally two of the most famous celebrities in the world. So when their love life is playing out like a reality television show, it's almost as if like there's a glitch in the simulation. We're all like, what the fuck is going on? It's like when, <laughs> it's like when, it's like when uh, Miley Cyrus was hooking up with Brody's ex-ex, Caitlyn. Caitlin. And all of, a sudden, all of a sudden it started to get a little messy in the comments. And we're like, this would never happen with Miley and Liam, but because she's bringing in a quote, reality star presence, this is what's happening. And so I really do think we all felt like we couldn't believe we were watching the shade room basically, but the shade room was Jada and Will Smith. That's
2: crazy, literally.
3: you know? literally. How, it kind of reminded me though, because they
1: obviously did it in such a classy way and they showed that like a modern family can kind of change. Sometimes a partnership isn't just about being completely monogamous for 400 years and having 2.5 kids. And you know, Em, I know all three of us have actually talked about this just in our personal lives about what like a modern day relationship is. But I'm curious for you two who spend a lot of your time and a lot of your energy cultivating uh, your Instagram account and in so many ways... Do you know, sometimes know when couples are like being unfaithful based on the comments that you are watching before Ooh. it gets announced? Like, are you guys so in tune with people's relationships? Because I know your comments might be like, you might give a shifty eyes at something and allude to things like, and I'm sure your DMs are crazy. So what is like watching a relationship unfold like on Instagram for you? <laughs>
3: Do <laughs> you want to go first? So, yeah, that's such a good question. So I think <laughs> in
0: terms of comments, it's not like we see like hints of cheating or anything in the comment section. Like people, well, one exception, we'll get there.
2: But- <laughs> Darren and I just cocked our heads to the side. The one
0: exception that I'll say is most recently, which is like very reality star, is the Larsa Pippen situation Oof. where- she I'm was all over in, this. I'm all over
1: this. Yes.
0: <laughs> where she, I just like literally like gasped, like, okay, where she was in Miami with Malik Beasley and his wife came forward and was basically like, I was waiting for him to come home. I had no idea what was oh going God. on. I found out through pictures like the rest of you. And what ended up happening was somebody had posted that we had seen a comment that he had left on her page two weeks prior to them even being in Miami, where he commented on our photo and was like, please let me take you out. Like, I'll show you such a good time. Like, I'll treat you like a queen. And that was two weeks prior to them even being together, where he clearly had a wife, didn't care. And that was the only time I've seen wife. public today.
1: Yeah.
3: But so also was he was photographed
1: part. in a mall holding her hand as a famous person. What the fuck do you expect? I see like, he clearly didn't care.
2: Yeah.
0: There are people that are careful. Like, there are people that, you know, you always hear rumors about. I think that if someone's cheating, the place that you're gonna hear about it first is gonna be Twitter rather than a comment section. But I think that was the first time where it was like publicly confirmed, very, very messy and included comments from prior.
1: Yeah. And before you even continue on, just a quick question. Why are celebs not texting? And why are they writing on a public Instagram account when they-
2: I think they really stay in the DMs. And I think they're on Snapchat. Do girls agree? I think that a lot of celebrities chat to each other in but the like, DMs and on there's Snapchat. a
1: text message. Like, we get text. I know,
2: but but I don't know. What do you guys I guess, think?
0: I think definitely DM. I think the big celebrity thing is their Finstas. Oh, that's
2: right. You are totally right. Even you guys had Jen Atkin on your show recently. Correct. Yeah. Who I yeah. like love. And she has a Finsta account.
1: I think most do
3: if I had to guess.
2: I think so too.
1: Okay, so go back to like you guys sourcing basically cheating happening maybe before it happens. I mean-
3: Okay, I really do think, yes, we get plenty of like quote tips throughout the week of like saw this, saw this. And most of the time we are not gonna say it because we feel like it's not our news to share. That's not the goal of our account. But sometimes I think it maybe informs some of the commentary we'll make on the podcast, knowing additional information. We won't say the information, but maybe we'll change our stance a little based on things we hear. But- This is no longer really a a thing anymore now that they took away the following tab. But when you could like comments, I would say that it was so much with cheating necessarily, but like Britney Spears' mom liking all of those comments about Britney's dad being an asshole or Selena Gomez's mom liking certain comments. That was when we saw things that was like, wait a second, what's going on here? Because I really do think within that type of situation, that generation didn't understand that liking a comment was necessarily public. So that's when we would find out things. Now we kind of lost that, but that was an interesting bout. <laughs>
2: well, and I have you've such seen a good it.
3: One too. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no,
2: no. I was just going to say, I know for the Bravo fans, I mean, that was such a huge storyline about liking tweets, which is saying quite a bit with your action. Okay, no, sorry. Go ahead. What? Give it to us, Julie.
0: I was going to say the thing I love more than the following tab when you could see the liking was Twitter likes and celebrities not realizing when their Twitter likes are public. <laughs> Do so, I hit him, hit him. Please, <laughs> please let me say it, let me say it. <laughs> wait what happened most recently obviously we remember army hammer and elizabeth chambers got sure. like announced their divorce at the beginning of the year army was somebody who did not know that twitter likes were public and was liking all of this bondage porn on twitter
2: wait what <laughs> <laughs> wait taryn did you know that
1: do you think I would know if Army Hammer's liking bondage porn on Twitter? Oh you I would own stuff. I'm too busy liking bondage porn on Twitter to pay <laughs> fair, attention to the other fair, likes. Fair. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. So he so like someone clearly cl- calls him out on
3: this, right? They're like, hey, ps Army, did he like unlike it? Like what did he own it? I, as far as I know, there was no conversation in terms of anything he did. He may have unliked them, but there was no like statement. Cause honestly, what's the bad thing about that? Hey, I like bondage porn too. Like I get it, but I just don't think. I'm, I'm knew- learning
2: so much about you in this podcast. I mean, <laughs> this is a whole new world. You need to have
3: a smoke sesh
1: with the girls and really get down. I really dirty. do. I feel like,
2: I mean, unfortunately it's, I, I'm on the West coast, so it's so early, but I should have just smoked. And the problem with me though, is I still get a little paranoid.
1: Oh, it's such well, a bummer. Anyway. Army Hammer, though, like, whoa. Okay. One of the things that made the list, which of course had to, which is really, it feels like this saga has been going on even before you two were born, is the Jen and Brad flirtatious Zoom convo or whatever the fuck.
2: That was like the present that we all discovered. But the world was hanging on it. the
1: edge of their seat. They were all like, are they gonna say? Friendly way. Like, like, Jen and Brad has been going on for what, like two I mean, decades? The hand
2: grab, the hand grab. I think I watched that video hundreds of times <sighs> just to see how much pressure there was on both. And I thought it was fantastic. I don't know, girls, thank you for putting this on the list. Yeah. I mean, why did
1: this make your list? I mean, honestly, like, literally, this has been going on your entire lives. Jen and Brad have my, been on the I, front page from the entire time we've been alive. Literally in
0: terms of our entire life, like the, when we talk about Brad and Jen, what I always say is like, that's my earliest pop culture memory. Like I can remember that when I was really young, I would go to the grocery store with my mom because I would take a magazine and walk around the grocery store with her while she shopped. Cause I, she like didn't want me to buy the magazine. Cause I went through so many. So every single time I would go with her, I would be reading like an us weekly or a people while I was shop- like, since I was like six, and it was always, always and G- Brad and Jen. And I think that's what like got me hooked on pop culture. So for it to still be a thing and for us to still be this excited about it, it's like that hand grab and that Zoom call was like my 2020 highlight. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I would also just say, and this is kind of like industry nerdy, that whoever was Brad's speech writer, this past go around deserves their own Academy Award. Because yeah. those speeches were just hits after hits after hits. And so that's just my nerdy self. Yep.
3: That was my porn. Like, you want to know actually what my porn is? It's that. That hand grab. Even though when we saw the, oh, film, the, we saw the whole video, it was literally like three seconds. I didn't care. I watched the the, the coverage. No, the video was the worst part for me. It yeah. gave
1: everyone WAP, which also made your list, by the way. But it literally gave everyone... <laughs> That. Yeah. WAP was even rated Pitchfork's, I think, number one song of 2020, which for Pitchfork, which happens to be extremely indie focused, doesn't like pop, looks down on it. To say that WAP was the number one song of the year, I think just goes to show that we're all living in this like pop culture moment right now. Yeah. And so I'm glad yeah. you made your list.
2: I agree. I think we just can't not talk about Megan and Harry. I've been looking at properties in Montecito. Unfortunately, they're a touch out of my out out of my budget, which is like huge bummer. But I mean, I'm a huge, cheesy royal family. I mean, like the crown this season, Diana, Mm -hmm. in the same vein that you said, Julie, that like Brad and Jen was such an integral part of your childhood, reading them in the rags and the Grocery store. I mean, Princess Diana was like the people's princess. So this I've been really invested and very much invested in Harry. I mean, from the beginning, right? Because he was like kind of the not cute son. And like now he's the cute son.
1: But the royals aren't social media users, are they?
2: Yeah, they
3: are now. And don't you guys know they are now podcasters? They, they Harry and Meghan, like we are all in the oh, same. Place. Like and so them sort of leaving the royal family,
1: and I'm not a royal person. Like I don't like I, like I was not waking up at 4 a.m. to go watch this wedding or anything like that. Like that's just not my steers. But I think for them to leave to come to America and sort of be in the spotlight of not being a royal family. I mean, what did you guys take that as a sign of maybe like the interest in the royals are dead? Or did you see a revitalization in that? I don't think
0: the interest in it will ever be dead. I think that it actually like reintegrated that interest then because of them leaving the family. But I think that's something really interesting that's happening now is with season four of The Crown being out, it was kind of like between Meghan and Harry leaving and kind of citing their reasons and Talking about maybe some of the toxicity of being involved there to then see the way diana was treated and season four of the crown coming out and kind of focusing on that and the parallels there i think what's happening now is there is a lot of like animosity towards the royal family and towards that whole system that we're now seeing because you have people who grew up with diana and resenting the royal family because of what happened to her and then you have like the younger generation who. Really like cares about Meghan and Harry and cares about their well being. They're now watching The Crown and they're now understanding what their parents went through when they were looking at that. So it's this really interesting integration of like the older generation and the younger generation having this newfound interest in the family, but not necessarily in a positive way.
2: Yeah, and I, you know, I went back and I watched Diana in her own words, which is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Did you guys watch that too? Yeah. I mean, mind blowing. Sorry, Darren. I want you to be included, so we won't go too long on this, but. I found it was for me, Megan being not only a black woman from Los Angeles, obviously the tape leaked where Harry effectively was being a momager and like trying to put her back into like, Disney voiceover, which ended up coming to fruition. I love that video from the red carpet. I think that was in 2019, but that was an amazing moment. But leaving staying at Tyler Perry's compound at one point, like being up in Canada. Now they're in Montecito leaving the church or the church. Well, maybe the church, but the castle. And, you know, I think you you said it perfectly. It's it's such a culmination of them leaving the crown coming out and all these generations kind of looking at institutions that they might not agree with and having a hard look at what was once something that was just accepted. And, and we just thought, Oh yeah, of course, like there's always going to be the Royals and you know, that's it now, kind of taking a second look and, and maybe that you don't have to stay in it.
0: I think also what's really interesting is looking at as Americans where all we see is this institution and the meaning behind it doesn't have any bearing on our lives. Like all we see is the people that we know, like we see Harry and Meghan, and we feel attached to them. We see even William and Kate, like we feel attached to them, but there's no attachment to like the system of the Royal family. Whereas like, if you're overseas in England and you're overseas in the UK, like that means so much more to you than maybe the individual people do. So that's also a really interesting side of it.
2: Totally.
1: Before we get to our, I know we've been going for an hour here. And before we get to our last minute game, I just want to touch on the free Brittany drama that's been happening because I want to know what the celeb commentary has been around that, because I feel like as a fan or as a lay person who isn't necessarily famous, I think we can look at it and be like, dude, like Britney deserve like free Britney from this. We want this. But maybe celebs, especially younger celebrities might have more knowledge into what a conservatorship is. What is the deal going behind free Britney drama? And how do you find that celebs are commenting on this?
3: As you we were talking, I was I need to read this comment. I know it's long, but we did not post this. This is fucking wild. Okay. So a couple of days ago, Courtney Love posts a mirror selfie and somebody comments and said somebody, it's a random Instagram account. The username is the legendary Miss Brittany comments and says, is it true that Lou Taylor who planned the conservatorship for Brittany with her father wanted to put you in a conservatorship too? Are you guys ready for her response? Hold on. Oh my God. Yes. From Courtney. Yes. Fucking love. Definitely. Courtney Love. Okay. She says, short answer is yes. Lou did try a mutated strain of a conservatorship, she and the quote Geralds made an attempt to control Kurt's name and likeness and all Nirvana songs, 96%, then sell the publishing, by which time I'd be in a conservatorship or more likely, dead. I was successful at blocking only Lou. That's just because I channel out, which makes me lucky, but not her buddies. I just look at Britney's account, there's no point in sticking my neck out for her now. Her pack of wolves almost killed me and my only child. She looks damaged, fucked up for life. I just got away from Sam Lufty after eight and a half hellish years. Bad as he is, he doesn't hold a candle to those people. I've tried to lobby attorneys for years with a glimmer of humanity to take on Spears' situation, and they always pussy out. And frankly, I'm done with it. I know more about the Spears case than almost anyone there is. There was a time it had told you anything, everything. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen done to another woman, and trust me, I've seen it all. But I'm okay now in Europe, recovering from a near-death illness that probably happened due to the stress of outmaneuvering those assholes pre-Britney. 25 some years. We finally have a manager they're all scared of and we're safe. I'm okay. And most of all, Francis is okay. I'm not dragging us through the PTSD and trauma that Lou's name brings up in me. No one can do that to us again. In exchange for that security. I don't get to talk about the particulars. I'm keeping the security. I'm sorry, but I can't help you further. At Vanity Fair, Brittany, quote, exposed was a lazy farce. If that's all there is for justice, fuck it. I'll make my own government and do as I'm
2: told. Night. I mean, okay. first of all, uh, I, mean, I wouldn't expect anything so less from her, but wow. What do we okay. take
1: from that? Because, okay, kind of to my point, right? Like celebrities are in this weird pressure that people who aren't famous might not understand. So w- what do you
3: take from that? What I take from it, and I, clearly this was like an amplified example because of Courtney Love, which she went through. Right. I am telling you, I, every time we speak to someone and they won't say it on, on record, everybody has a similar reaction of like, it's dark.
2: I'm the same. Like anyone that I've ever spoken to close to it says that it's really, really dark. dark. It's yeah.
3: dark. And there's, and we only know what we know and what we know is so kind of scary. And it's such a sliver. Like I, I just feel like all of Hollywood, it feels honestly, not just Hollywood, everybody feels a sense of protectiveness over Britney Spears. You know, we grew up with her. She was thrown into this business at a young age. She was such an integral part of our lives, no matter what age you are. And so- there's this real sense of not only protectiveness, but also helplessness. And I really do think people in Hollywood feel that way. You know, you'll get the occasional comment on her Insta from like a Mariah Carey, nothing deep, but just like a high checking in type of thing. But we definitely see it in other places. People aren't willing to speak up, but I know people are thinking how dark this is.
0: Harris Holland is one that, that like is very into the free Britney thing and like will comment yeah. and post about it every so often.
1: Oh, it's so I know. dark to watch. And, you know, that's the thing is I talk about this a lot, even with Andy, that when you're on TV or you're famous, not even just reality star, I'm talking, you know, even big, way bigger, like Jennifer Aniston's Britney Spears of the World, the audience feels, the fans of you feel like they own part of you, right? And so, like, that's what you see on these comments, too, is people being like, cut your hair, don't cut your hair, you're a bad parent, you're a bad this, so I want you to do more of this. It's like they have some sort of hold on your life. And with Britney... Like the fact that celebrities themselves also feel this way, like everyone has this opinion, but it's not really being talked about as much as it would fascinates me because it feels too dark for anyone to really want to touch. Like Hollywood doesn't want to go to the underbelly of what Hollywood actually is.
2: Yeah. I think, well, and also I think, you know, in the same way, Darren, that you're saying that everybody feels like they own a piece of, you know, these, AAA list celebrities I think they also can become quite protective and I think what's really interesting about Britney especially when it you see comments from other big celebrities and also the gay community feels like we're all like letting her down right it's like what can we do everybody feels helpless they can't help her it feels too big it almost feels like this huge mountain to climb to help her and then also the beach bathing suit video and then the the gym burning down. It's like the things that she posts on her social, on particularly on Instagram is so curious. And it also feels really recorded and, and scripted. I don't know if you guys feel that way when she posts, but I mean, I'm sure even just the regular comments on those posts from celebrities are definitely, do you feel like they're trying to reach out to her or they're just more supportive?
3: I think they're more supportive, but I can't believe we forgot to say this. This is like the most important element of all this. A couple of months ago, her son went live on Instagram. He was at Kevin Federline's house and he quickly went live on Instagram and he started answering follower questions, asking about Brittany. And he didn't say too much because they found out he was live and he got his phone taken away. But he basically said, my grandpa, he hates his grandfather, aka her father, speaking about how, you know, I really wish my mom would- would sing again, like giving us a little taste into what's going on. And even from his eyes, which he doesn't know the full thing, he's a young kid. We were like, holy shit. This felt like, this felt like stuff we're not allowed to hear, you know? And, and just how quickly, how quickly his phone was taken away right after and how, you know, how much that was deemed like absolutely no way. It felt like he was breaking free for a a minute or something.
2: Oh, it breaks
3: my heart.
1: And, and I, and I did lie. I have one more question because that made me think of it. We would be remiss if we didn't recognize that, especially in 2020, and especially in the last four years, politicians are also celebrities, for better or for worse. Now, you guys don't really cover politics, even though politics is very much so in the pop culture, in the zeitgeist. People won't shut the fuck up about it. Kellyanne Conway's daughter kind of outing Kellyanne Conway didn't make your list, but I'm curious if you guys follow along in the political scheme and why you try and back away from it, even though there are some really funny, hilarious things that come from it.
3: Yeah. I mean, we definitely follow it very closely. Claudia Conway's TikTok is one of the most- uh, Choice. It's choice. Plactic places. I don't really, really know what to say about it. There's a lot there. Yeah. You know, we made it known clearly that we were for Biden and we posted a lot of celebrity commentary about it just in support of him and kind of making things that were making fun of Trump light, more lighthearted. But honestly, I think people really view the account as a form of escapism Yeah, and you can get politics literally anywhere else. So it's kind of nice for one second to like not get into that, but listen, we can't stand Trump just as much as anyone else. And that we're very, we're not shy about saying that, you know? Right. Right. But it is a slippery
1: slope. I mean, especially I think, I don't think all of Hollywood is as liberal as we would like to think, or maybe the impression that we're given. And most of those people either stay silent or they're kind of just shut out to submission. But I I was curious that none of the politically, even just kind of adjacent people sort of made your list considering it was the most polarizing year of politics, at least in my lifetime that I've seen. So, but it makes sense why you wouldn't because escapism is important. You know, it's- the same reason Watch What Happens Live tries not to not get in on it, or even you know, even with my meager show on People TV, it's like people can get it all the time.
3: Don't say, um, wait, wait, wait! Don't say meager. Why are you putting yourself down? It's a big well, deal. I didn't,
1: I didn't want to compare myself to Andy, so I was just trying to. Oh, like, it's a big deal. Liz rolled her <laughs> eyes at me, so uh, clearly when Liz rolls her eyes, it means it's time for our last game segment, <laughs> which is a game we're <laughs> calling Scissor Me This. It's just a fun, rapid fire, quick like queer nonsense. Just rapid fire questions. Julie, I'm going to need you to unsmoke that joint for me now. Okay. You need I to- didn't know it, I swear. Sure, Jay. Sure, Jay. Um, Liz, why don't you <laughs> tee it off with your first question?
2: Okay. This one, I actually kept rewriting and writing in the You doc. have good I'm ones sh-
1: of these though. You have good groupings. These are your okay. Four- this is your forte. This is yeah. like,
2: maybe this is my like vibe. Okay. So <laughs> typically I'll do a fuck, Mary kill, but mm, that, this is kind of like that, but not. Yeah. If you had to choose one. Who is the best IG commenter out of this pack? Gwyneth Paltrow, January Jones, or Martha Stewart? Oh, okay. I mean, truly. Okay.
3: My answer? I feel yes. like we're going to have the same answer. Gwyneth, like if I'm choosing number one overall, it's Gwyneth because she comes out of left field. But Martha Stewart's responses to people in her comments, to me, I personally get more like satisfaction from that because yeah. she's unhinged. she's unhinged. and. This is very important to anyone listening. You have to understand, at Martha Stewart is very different than at Martha Stewart 48. Martha Stewart is just the brand account. Martha Stewart 48 is her personal one that she is literally running herself. That's the one where when someone comments about her sweater vest, she responds like, nice observation. Are you high? Like that's not her brand <laughs> That was account. such
2: a good one recently. I just, yes. Yeah.
1: Julie, do you agree with that? Are you, are you a Gwyneth stan, but also a Martha stan in your own way?
0: Yes. Martha is so beautifully on brand that I her comments are so fun to post. Gwyneth, the reason that I think her comments do so well is especially in the beginning. It kind of felt like the opposite, where I think Gwyneth had this personality that we all thought of as like you know very goop. Like, and then all of a sudden she was commenting like the funniest shit on all of these memes. And like there was like a Kate Hudson thing where she like had a bunch of paddles in the back. And Gwyneth commented something about them like being BDSM paddled. And we were like, who is this Gwyneth Paltrow? And I think that's why her comments have always been like our favorite to post because they're so
1: out of left field. Totally. Well, I- As of late, I think that you guys need to do a comments by Dion Warwick Instagram because everything yeah. that woman has been saying has been out of left field. And I am fucking here for it. You could do your own account hey. on that. Um, Okay. Best, most surprising person who ever shouted you guys out.
3: Well, but also be Gweneth. Oh my God! Yes, tell them that's the answer.
0: It, a, a, this happened so long ago. I can't like 2019, 2018, even maybe. Chrissy was on Gwyneth's Goop podcast, and Gweneth made a comment to her about like, "Thank God for comments by celebs, so I can see the Chrissy Teigen roundups that we like used to do when Chrissy was really active on Twitter." And then Chrissy responded and was like, oh my God, I met them. And I was like, are you guys talking about us?
2: <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That that's is a good one. That's
0: the
1: best one. I actually thought you were going to go say Kelly Ripa. So this is just, this is choice. I love this. This is great. Go ahead, Liz. Well,
3: Kelly, I mean, Kelly is like OG. our fairy godmother. I mean, Kelly will just always have such a special place in our hearts because she's, I just can't believe that somebody who didn't know us could be so kind and supportive, like for literally no reason. She had no reason. And yeah. she just took us under her wing. And like, we will always feel eternally grateful to her.
2: Mm, so that's a good for True. godmother. Okay. Kind of in the same vein, but who was the breakout IG star commenter of 2020?
3: I think that we've seen the Sprouse brothers interact a lot, which mm. is something we like to see because especially they weren't as, I mean, Dylan, he's just got, just now doing acting. He's kind of stopped that for a little while. So we definitely like to see that. Also, I didn't realize like Zoe Kravitz, I've always just loved her as an actress, but I don't think I recognize her personality as much. And now through the comment section, I'm like, she's hilarious. She's so a good I one. probably say her as another one. Yeah, you know who else? Zach Braff. He really came out this
1: year with a lot of good comments. Yes, you're right. Throwback to Zach Braff. Okay, one celeb you both wish were on social media, but isn't active or they just don't have an account?
3: On the count of three. One, two,
1: three. Jennifer Lawrence. (laughs) All right. Jennifer Lawrence. Why her? And why doesn't she have a fucking Instagram account?
2: She doesn't give a fuck because she would get drunk and post dumb shit.
1: Which is exactly the reason why it's so upset. She would have the best, most ridiculous comments in the entire world. Commenter you think who thinks that they're very funny, but who isn't funny at all.
2: Ooh. Good one.
3: Ooh. Don't do that to us. Do it. <laughs> say it. Oh, God. Um. Okay. I think who I would say without actually saying the person is what we see a lot is actors or actresses that got really famous from one role a really long time ago and will not shut the fuck up about <laughs> this one role. And no, matter, it can be a meme about quite literally the least relatable thing to their role and somehow they make it about them. And I think a lot of you can know who I'm talking about. There's one particular actress who does it a lot. I can't say it, and it is painful to be honest. Like because also they will sometimes send them to us, or other people will send them to us themselves, and we're Stop like, it, wait,
2: celebrities sell, send shit to you?
3: Deaf's definitely,
1: dude. It's like sorry, I don't know. I six. come on, you worked in MySpace, <laughs> you know that's how people. Oh my get god,
2: I love you. I'm yeah. still on the the cover of myspace.com go yeah. for
1: it <laughs> is um, Liz the person who comments who won't stop talking about this one <laughs> gig that she had and won't let it go Yes, yes! it's me
2: It's me <laughs> Well, you know, I just want to say before, you know, we wrap up that while I understand that you guys kind of stray from politics, what I do really appreciate from being such a fan of all of your accounts is how you do support the LGBTQ+ community, Black yeah. Lives Matter also voter registration. It's been very clear to me uh, as a consumer of the content that you repost and that you guys post organically. And I'm a huge fan of your podcast, which you guys know, because I've like gone into your DMs and been like, oh my God, I'm dying. I'm probably incredibly <laughs> annoying, but don't care. You guys have such uh, such big hearts and you're yeah. so smart. I know I keep calling you smart, but I I just, I really admire the both of you.
1: Yeah. And piggybacking off of that, I mean, there's so much of social media that I just think is completely vitriolic and something that I wouldn't want to participate in because it doesn't make people feel good about themselves. And you two have honed this forum under which it's literally almost exclusively positivity, or at least a cheeky, you know, wink, wink, and a nod that brings a lot of happiness to a lot of people. And you make social media fun again. And I really appreciate that from the both of you. It is an honor to know you and thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Where can the people find you and all your accounts? Please let the listeners know if they don't already.
3: That was so nice. First of all, thank <laughs> too <you>. nice. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, too nice. And thank you for saying that because it's definitely something we try. So when somebody acknowledges that it's really appreciated and we love you both. Yeah, comments by celebs, obviously comments by Bravo bachelor athletes and most recently overheard celebs, which I think if you're listening to this podcast, you would love it. It's basically just like people's interactions with celebrities.
1: And can anyone just, I mean, not that they'll necessarily get seen, but can anyone, if they hear something, if a comment, can they just DM you guys and that's how you get your submissions? Like you guys are open to taking submissions from fans or listeners, whatever?
3: Yeah. It's pretty much a hundred percent, maybe 95% user submitted content. So if you have a story with an interact with celebrity, we won't definitely post it, but send it in. You know, you never know. We just like random ones, funny ones, lighthearted ones. It's not, it's don't get it confused with like a blinds. It's not that type of thing. There's plenty of mean ones that we just don't post because there's no need for it. Every other account does that, but I think you'd love it. And then our podcast three times a week, just comments by celebs Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Isabel and I do a Bravo one once a week, which this Potomac thing, we're really sending it into high gear. So yeah. (laughs) Just wait. It's a three-part
1: reunion, ladies. It's three parts (laughs) and it's crazy. Thank you both so much for being here uh, and follow us at Carpe Darren at Listen to Liz. And most importantly, at SIAT Podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, do the damn thing and uh, spread love and positivity. Thank you, ladies.
2: Thanks, girls. Thank you for listening to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. See you next Tuesday.